Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back. Holy crap, Toasty, your hair's all white. What happened? He's just, he's got a goofy grin on his face. So this is your host, Tom, or Robots. Toasty uh, is sitting here on the screen in front of me with uh, the whitest... The whitest flowing locks of hair. Toasty. I hope my mic picked up my sigh. My uh, sigh of frustration. Oh, is that what that sound was? Yes. Oh, man. Look at you. That was that was so cringe, Tom. What the hell? Look at you. Look at that white hair. <sighs> For man. those of you that he heard the pre-show talk, you, you know... That this is not surprising at all. But you got We got to play it up. Talking about my hair. We got to like play it up. Ten minutes now. Don't don't ruin don't ruin the magic of podcasting. I, I, that's my job here is to ruin okay. the magic all right, and tell fine. people about The Witcher. Fine. I'm gonna put the uh, pre-show chat at the end of the episode so you guys can hear us uh, talk about how much we don't want to small talk with other people we don't really know. But uh, Toasty's sitting here with white hair and it's phenomenal. So if you haven't uh, seen the live show, we're actually recording this a few days late because poor Toasty. He came down with a stomach bug. I hope you're feeling better, buddy. It, it, it was the extra mutations. It was the extra the mutations. mutations. Yeah, yeah, in order to get his hair to change colors. Sit well, yeah. yeah. And so this is a Wednesday. Normally we record on Monday nights. So if you want to join us on any of the Robots Radio channels, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, you can join us on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. But if you're not there for the here currently for the live show, then you can always check this out on YouTube later on on the Witcher Lorecast channel and uh, check out what with the white luxurious locks of toasty. <laughs> Of toaster bin till like silver, silver grayish, but you know, yeah. it was like toaster. it was close as they're gonna get for me, so yeah, I totally it's messed fine. up your last name too. But anyway, hey, toasty, My last name, what toasty of toaster bin, toasterville, tin shire toaster yes okay but anyway we're we're back and we're done with season two recaps and i'm super excited because on today's episode we're talking about what or who is the wild hunt and we're getting Both? back into lore baby we're diving in the deep we're diving in the deep end we're talking about the big baddies and this is going to be awesome so big baddies the big baddies the worst baddies the worst baddies the baddest of the bads Mm-hmm. The bad, the bad to the bone, as the boomers bad, like to say. Bad to the bone. Oh gosh. Ba 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 bad. That's what the boomers say. That's one of their yeah, songs. So, that's one of those songs yeah. that the boomers like. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's one of their generation. I actually like songs. that song too, though. Ba 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 bad. That's that's what they say. Mm-hmm. This so, uh, has started so grace gracefully. Yep. Uh, hey, where, where are we going to start? All right. So, so we're, we're going to start. I mean, we're, we're just going to, we're just going to get into it. Let's Who's the it. wild hunt? Let's What's the wild hunt? Yeah. What are they all about? Who or what are they? Because, you know, we saw them at the end for, for those of you who haven't played the Witcher three wild hunt. Um, one, what are you doing? What, what are you even doing? Yeah. If you, if you are a TV watcher or a book reader and you're not a video gamer, Go play the game. You don't have to be super good at games. You can put it on easy mode. You play the game. Story, they have a story mode. Story where it's mode. Like super easy. Yeah, super easy. Just go play the game. Make the decisions. Meet the people. Fight the monsters on easy mode, and experience what it's like to be Geralt of Rivia, and a little bit of you know being Siri. There's, mm-hmm. there's some being Siri mm-hmm. in there, and just experience it because the Wild Hunt is. A big focus of the witcher 3 because that's the subtitle of the game the wild hunt yep so uh yeah so uh if you if you play the witch through Wild hunt you'd be very familiar with them and and for those of you that have just watched the show uh you, you know we saw them at the very end so this will at least give you a little bit more insight mm-hmm. into into well, them so uh the wild hunt or the the wraiths of morhog as they call them in Skellige, um, was widely believed to be a group of specters galloping across the sky, mm-hmm. um, which uh, we didn't see that exactly in season two. They were galloping. They sort of did. And then they were on the ground. 
it was it was a little bit of mix yeah, a, little, um, a little bit of floating Dis- described by the common folk as a cavalcade of wraiths on undead horses galloping across the sky and serving as an omen of war. But that's, that's, that's not, that's not them though. That's not what they are. Uh, instead they're not, they are actually, uh, and this is going to take us back to the conjunction. Um, they are a group of A and L elves from Tirnalia the capital of ANL, which uh, is a different sphere entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of elf, like in elven terms, the sphere, the continent, which is the, the world that we are on mm-hmm. is uh, described as the, the world of the A and she, and during the conjunction, um, some of the elves that were on the, you know, the, the continent sphere decided to hop off onto a different one when, when the worlds kind of came close together. So, so like, so we don't just have the merging of these spheres and things coming from other spheres onto the continent. Like we talked way back in the early episodes of this podcast, mm-hmm. because we talked a lot about how like the, the uh, monster showed up and came to the continents, uh, the, the humans showed up and came onto the continents, but there was also the movement of elves from the continent into other spheres. Mm-hmm. So there was actually mixing in both directions. Yes. So these, these elves that hopped off, hopped into a different sphere, uh, came to call themselves the A&L or the Alder folk. Um, and these, this is, this is where the, the origin of the wild hunt comes from is, uh, from these elves and mm-hmm. the <laughs> the particular activities that they like to engage in, which like it's um, going to be uh, frisbee golf. Yeah, frisbee golf. So uh, go ahead, and I'll, I'll just drop this here. Content warning for the episode um, because uh, we're going to be talking about uh, kidnapping and slavery a little so bit, not in detail, but not frisbee golf not they may have but maybe also frisbee it was golf? a minor pastime i see i, I see. don't think that they enjoyed frisbee golf as much as they enjoyed other things uh, maybe they make their slaves play fr- frisbee golf they're it's like uh, it's like forced frisbee golf i don't for their own feel enjoyment. like they were that nice to their slaves uh, um unfortunately right. yeah but I guess I guess we'll find out. So uh, the new sphere that they jumped into was inhabited by two intelligent species. We had humans and we had unicorns. Um, mm. So you know that's cool. Uh, and the elves, uh, the new arrivals, decided to uh, wage war with both of them. Because why not? Because why not? So it's it's an interesting parallel to see here because we see in in on the continent the humans show up and they start waging war with the the elder races um and in this uh technically speaking the elder races are the humans and the unicorns in this world because of the original inhabitants um so yeah the war on in two different spheres at this point um and so they <laughs> They wiped them out. They eradicated all the humans. So that wait, they're all gone. Yeah, they, they, they basically all, invaded. All the and so th- this is very similar to something like um, the uh, the Europeans invading uh, the New World or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Where they they basically enslaved and took over and slowly eradicated entire cultures. And although there are some Native Americans left. I I would I'd be willing to guess some 90 some percentage of the original population was just completely wiped out right mm-hmm. but in this case it's a hundred percent yeah that's what it that's what it sounds like is that they just they eradicated all the humans they didn't want to bother with them at all it's just so wiped this them is all complete out. genocide just yeah boom gone yeah. So after the war, the ANL thrived, built the palace and capital known as Tirnalia, um, where they resided essentially grand, grand city and, and location. Um, and after some time, they decided that they wanted servants or rather slaves to 
do things for them because you know they're all high and mighty and royalty now uh re- presiding over this this world that they conquered uh so they want to you know, i guess they want to live in the lap of luxury and not have to worry about the tedious stuff well they should have planned this ahead of time and left some of the humans alive to be slaves for them they yeah, didn't they well, did they not didn't. think ahead yeah so um meanwhile they're still waging war with the unicorns um which are the unicorns aren't well suited to be slaves um at least not in the ideas that they had for them because they don't um, have opposable thumbs i i I would guess not they don't even have any fingers they're just hooves yeah just like hooves which are basically big like nails it's like the middle nail stuff it's just like a really big middle nail like at the end of your finger that's what that's what a hoof is yeah so that's weird when you think about it, it they but what they did do was that they had the unicorns open Ard Gaeth, the gate of the worlds, uh, and uh, King Oberon Myrtok. It's, it's one of those words um, that we're going to have difficulty with. Ordered the creation of a cavalry unit to invade the other spheres and capture young humanoid inhabitants to serve as slaves. Um, and they... The, these, this cavalry was named uh, Dirg Ruadri, uh, meaning the the Red Riders due okay. to their red cloaks. Um, and for his efficiency, ruthlessness, and strong magical abilities, General Aridan Brett Glass was appointed the leader of the Red Riders. Um, and some of you, that, that name may be a little familiar. A little familiar. Aridan, A. Eh? Aridin, a mm, uh, mm. yeah. So, so they decided that they were like, we want slaves so bad. We're gonna have the unicorns open up this this gate that serves as a portal to the other worlds, and we're just gonna kidnap people from other worlds. Right. So I'm assuming that I mean unicorns are often associated with magic. And the mm-hmm. reason, even though these unicorns didn't have opposable thumbs, they probably didn't have any like high level of technology that they were inherently very magical creatures. And that's why they were so difficult to get rid of. And yep. uh, being that they were at war with them for so long, eventually they got, they gained the upper hand and they were able to manipulate them into doing their will for them. And that included using their vast amount of magical power to open a portal to another sphere completely spheres spheres completely so this is something on the level of like spoilers just just in case you guys don't know yet siri level magic right like this is not something that in in the world of the continent many other people beings have access to right Mm -hmm. the mages of this continent whether they're elves or men or whatever can't just open portals to other spheres that's that's just unheard of basically yep and uh and some of the events that are going to transpire here or that have transpired um are going to uh kind of point us in the direction why they're so interested in syria in particular Mm -hmm. um so to help with this uh this entire kind of uh, cavalry raiding other worlds uh, activity uh, it doesn't seem like a good word, but it's 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 a thing. Um, they wore skeletal armor uh, and made to look extremely threatening, and used exclusively black steeds. And on occasion, they used the ship Nagelfar, which had the distinct ability of being able to float on the air um just to intimidate people yeah just yeah. just to scare them um yeah and to further this they use projections to appear more spectral which led to this belief of them being wraiths and specters that you know gallop across the sky because they would make themselves look that way just be more scary Right. And then they would grab people. Right. Because yes. if, if you don't believe that these these are like mortal beings, then you don't even think that you can mount any defense against them. Yeah. I mean, it's easy if you come galloping out of the clouds looking like terrifying specters. If like, you know, the group of 10 humans 
bows down to you and submits to your will because they're too scared to do anything they're just terrified right that's easy just grab and go you know like uh these ghosty spectral things are just coming after me uh rather than rather than i'm gonna you know pull out my you know whatever i have in front of me chances are they're like farmers or whatever you know like pull out my shovel my shovel and try to hit the thing in front of me if, if it's just you know if it looks like a ghost then you probably can't even hit it you know like you're not a witcher what are you going to do against this thing you don't know exactly right so you yeah. just ah, don't hurt me and then they come and grab you and take you away yeah so uh after some time however the unicorns managed to take the gate away uh and the elves lost their access to space time travel and were only able to partially recover it in the form of special mages known as navigators. But the navigators were only able to open portals for small numbers of riders, which severely impacted their ability to gather like large groups of slaves. Hmm. So if you're sitting in like an entire like cavalry force of like a hundred and you're limited down to like what we see in the wild hunt, I mean, we see like, five ten at a time walking around like this this is a significant difference um and so they changed their tactics uh and enhanced these spectral projections to such a level that they usually only traveled in this form and rarely used or really turned corporeal only when it was absolutely necessary to do so um and they but they were still able to secure a decent number of slaves, even with this like limitation through um, like and, intimidation, but yep. appearing like they were larger numbers than they actually were. Yeah. And that's when they were given the a more intimidating name of the wild hunt. Huh. Huh. Well, you know, it seems like it was working out for them because I mean, as, as far as we know, this myth in the continent had gone around for a long time. And uh, from what I understand, this was uh, kind of a, a story that was passed around for a lot of people. They, they, in fact, some people thought that this was kind of a seasonal event, that this was like a, a natural occurrence, that this was just something that, you know, you just this is just a thing that happens in the world. And hopefully it won't happen this year. And, you know, like, who knows? And there's all sorts of rumors about like this being something that occurred for who knows what reasons, you know, like this was uh, to because of our sins or because of just the changing of the the weather or you know like people came up with all sorts of weird reasons for the justification of what this was and of course Mm -hmm. they were wrong because they didn't know actually what it was and um oftentimes even characters like garrett would just dismiss it outright like this is just a myth what are you talking about right even i believe he even does so in season two like episode one Mm -hmm. is i think because uh what's his name i forgot his name Uh oh uh the beast guy uh yeah in uh, episode one novellan um talked about how he saw them like gallop across the sky and carol's just like eh yeah Eh, Yeah. sure whatever (laughs) it's like he's yeah he dismisses it so it's it yeah this is this is a thing sure whatever if you say so yeah yeah so they went on like this for hundreds of years raiding different worlds uh but they tended to favor the the world of the continent or the a and she um where the population of humans was ideal for for grabbing slaves okay wait so let's pause why why do you think this was it was because there was a lot of them was it because they were actually kind of (laughs) dumb like probably probably like because, probably all of all of the above i mean they got i, I don't i i would guess to to think that they probably didn't want uh to uh to grab like other elves mm-hmm. specifically like they didn't want to grab the elves from this world but like the they weren't like the elves here were being like like Sub, like they're not subdued essentially because like there's this such the high population i mean we see it in the shows right like the elves are struggling for their survival right where while the humans are thriving right they're like fully thriving but at the so, time they're they're not um they're not advancing technologically very well their societies are not advancing socially very well uh the humans are living for the most part 
uh, the majority of humans are living very much in pro- poverty without much education. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, what's the word um, mythological belief. There, uh, what's the word? Uh, they're they're just not educated. What's the word for that? Um, ignorance. There's a lot of ignorance yeah. along the population, so they can easily be misled with these um, you know pictures of like haunted spirits in the sky coming after them like they don't have a way to really fight back and they weren't like and i met i wonder because they don't really go into this obviously we don't get to see much of like the interactions between like the races and stuff like more personally but i wonder if like the a and she was like are familiar enough to like know that like the wild hunts is nothing but like elves that hopped off at the conjunction of the spheres mm. whereas like the humans even though the humans came to this sphere they weren't on the continent yet because they like had to like come over it even past that like they came from somewhere else took ships brought over here so they weren't even like here on the continent at the conjunction yet whereas like they would know like they would have logs and stuff like we saw in like the ancient elven temple mm-hmm. in season two where they have like the stories of the conjunction written out on the walls and stuff right so i wonder if like you know the a and she tell like bedtime stories about like you know the a and l and the the wild hunt or something the, the, the people the <clears throat> their their uh sibling elves that left and went other places that kind of thing yeah the, so uh, the, the, the levers <laughs> that mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, but I, I think i think there's something to be said about the the human population being just kind of easy pickings for them yeah in general so, especially when you play the game i mean, think about most of the people you come across in the games they're just like we in the show I, we see a lot of like well-educated humans because we're looking at a lot of mages and stuff right the, the one that comes to mind in the game she always comes to mind because she's so iconic the the pan lady the pan lady the pan lady she wants you to go inside that house and get her pan back from <laughs> the neighbor who was just using it was like a spy who was using the soot to write letters you oh, know yeah yeah um yeah but like just how clueless yeah she was yeah yeah the majority of people in that world are just they just don't know anything they're just so mm-hmm. uneducated and just ignorant to the world um but anyway, we, we could go into that. We could do a whole episode about how uh, the common people in the world of the continent are taken advantage of by anybody of any means of education, like multiple times throughout throughout the stories, like all the time. Um, and it's just frustrating to any any of the characters who are trying to help them out, how just clueless they are. But anyway, before we get into more stuff, now is probably a good time. To take a break, because I have a feeling the story kind of turns here in a minute a little bit a little, a little bit, bit. Yeah. and so why don't we why don't we save that till after the mid-break because we've got some patrons to thank and a review to read out so we'll be right back very well let us get this over with something has infested my vineyard mm-hmm. great let me go prepare my something oil then all right thanks for tuning in everybody and thank you a big, big thank you to all of our patrons, all 14 of you guys, and especially to Ben of Tamaria and Bane the Hospitaller. I think I said that right this time, uh, because they are our higher vampire tier five patrons. And um, because of all of you guys helping us hit this goal, Toasty has a new hair color. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Thanks. <laughs> and he he bared the burden and you guys should stay till the end after the uh closing credits because you'll hear our conversation at the beginning which i will put at the end of the show uh about his awesome experience at the uh hair place and how they had to stay two hours late in order to help him finish his hair stuff and and really seriously go go to our youtube channel the witcher Lorecast on youtube and uh drop drop it a sub you know subscribe to the channel you can watch our faces and and see people's chats pop up while we while we talk um 
But yeah, go check out his hair. It looks great. But big thanks to all of our patrons. And if we help you get through your workday, your drive to work, your workout, or dyeing your hair for six hours, then go to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast and you can get ad-free episodes. You can join us on future episodes of the show. You can get t-shirts or stickers. There's all sorts of fun stuff you can do. And uh, no, I'm not going to go dye my hair Two girls. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Do it. No, do no. It. My hair is so dark. It would take me all day as well. And it would look really bad. Like me with <clears> my hair. I'll just look like I'm old at this point. Everyone would just be like, wow, you got old real fast. And I'd be like, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> but thank you to our patrons. We also have a review to read out. This one's short and sweet. Locho Walker in Australia on the oh. other side of the world wrote in on uh, Apple Podcasts and wrote good stuff. Always. Or I'm sorry. Awesome podcast, guys. I love listening to it while I'm working. Cheers, guys. Nice and sweet. Look at that. So easy. Real quick review. And if you want to help us out, please write in a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. Thank you, Locho Walker. And also you can leave us a rating on uh, Spotify or any other podcatcher. If you listen on other podcatchers that give you the ability to do that, we would really appreciate it. It helps a ton. And that's all we got for the middle of the show this week. We're going to get back to the rest of the episode and a big thanks to all of our patrons. Here we go. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right, here we are back with the rest of the Wild Hunt discussion. Toasty, when when did the Wild Hunt usually appear? Do they have kind of a regular time frame? Like how long did they stick around? How did that kind of work out? Uh, so, uh, typically, uh, the wild hunt would appear during the winter, um, and the raids sometimes even lasted for months where they would travel the entire continent in order to, uh, find their victims. I would assume uh, winter cause it's like darker, darker months, right? Probably. It definitely adds to that spookier feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and plus, I mean, we, we know, uh, at least from uh, a Witcher three, their their association with the the white frost, mm-hmm, the um, cold. So yeah, so it definitely helped. I mean, it's harder to I'm trying to think of that. I guess if they don't have to worry about you know the cold in the sense like they're not worried about it because they're super powerful elven mages. Um, everyone's like kind of hold up for the winter. Like they can't you can't really go anywhere mm-hmm. like you kind of, mm-hmm. I guess, easier pickings. Like if you're people are isolated, you know, like they're kind of locked down Five feet of snow outside. You can't go running down the hill and make it hard. You, you like you're stuck. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And if you don't hear from somebody for like a month, you don't wonder about where they are because yeah. it's winter. They're holed up at their home. Yeah. And so, and it definitely adds that spookier feel, you know, galloping and like you, super powerful blizzard blowing and then just these spectral forms appear out of the snow it's like yeah. oh okay. yeah yeah it, yeah it definitely adds Big, to that creepy freakier. skeleton horses come out of the fog and you're like mm-hmm. oh this is not a natural fog yeah we're screwed uh, every every raid was led by Aridan himself um who people started to call the king of the wild hunt uh and they believed him to be an extremely powerful spectral king who stole the souls of his victims, mm. um, which, eh, like, not entirely correct, but you know, might as well have. I mean, he stole the lives stole of you. his victims. Yeah, he, he stole you. He stole mm-hmm. his victims from this world. So you know, it it definitely could seem that way. Um, and every appearance of the hunt was feared and considered to be a bad omen, like an omen of war, like a comet. Um, mm-hmm. and so this even had a big like impact on like some cultures. So in Skellige, um, who they took to calling them the wraiths of Morhog, uh, and they believed that they were this army that would reappear at the end of the world that they called Ragnarug, which for, for some that might be familiar with kind of Norse mythology here, uh, Ragnarok, the end of 
times yeah. essentially right I, that's totally <clears throat> totally a pull from uh norse mythology right? yeah they're definitely very norse inspired i think i mean yeah. like between yeah. their ships and the culture and everything like yeah yeah very, very also much so. also if ever this podcast gets big enough and like the robots radio network gets big enough and we have a big event where we get a lot of people together and we have like a hot dog eating contest and we need to title the winner of the hot dog eating contest the wraith of Morhog. That'll be the title of the winner. I quit. <laughs> I'm done. No, uh, that was. That'll be the title of the. Hot that dog. was especially yeah. dad humor. I was. Like, that was. I was hoping to get like that a was the robots most, radio fest going this summer. Like having was, like a, but I've still don't know. Oh dear God, that was like the most dad humor joke you've ever made. I feel like. But yeah, like on this a, podcast, maybe not on other ones, maybe not ever on this one on this one. Yeah, definitely. But can you imagine um, like we all get together for a big, big conference, like a big like robots radio con. Everybody comes to Florida like in like June cool. or something. That'd be super cool. And we could like we could have like live podcasting and people play video games and board games together or like tabletop games together. We go swimming and go to the beach and then we get a big hot dog eating contest called the Wraiths of Morhog. And then the winner could be the king of the wild hunt or just the wraith of Morhog. Cause he ate the most hot dogs. Why hot dog? What the heck? Like a hog. Like a- Anyways, back on topic. Um, and uh, according to Skelligan legends, uh, the Nagelfar, that big floaty ship was made of the toenails and fingernails of the dead, Oof. which led to Oof. their, the a practice of ceremonial removal of nails from their dead. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty because nasty. They, they didn't want to contribute to the Nagelfar. Nagelfar. Oh, that's um, gross. Oh, yeah. Or the queen of the hunt. Yes. Two girls. Yes. Yeah. King or queen. Queen of the hunt. Uh, I was thinking enough. Aridin specifically, but yes, queen, queen of the hunt. Yeah. Or just um, the wraith of Morhog. That, that works either way, right? Anyway, go yeah. on. Go on. And uh, like you were saying before, um, in some situations, the hunt did not raise a very strong curiosity amongst inhabitants of the world. Uh, who Some viewed it as a sort of natural phenomenon like storms or earthquakes mm-hmm. and thus something out of people's control. Um Many also falsely believed that the hunt only came during winter. Fortunately, there were some ex- eh, exceptions, mm-hmm. um, which like they didn't only ever, they liked to use the winter. They did it pretty often, but it wasn't like all the time. Um, and over the years, the, a few may just studied the hunt and its patterns and tried to figure out what they really were. In Nilfgaard, there was an entire school of witchers opened and dedicated to the mysteries of the wild hunt, the school of the Viper. The school contained a vast library full of texts and books concerning the hunt, but the school was later dissolved. Also, some of the individuals abducted by the hunt managed to escape and return home. However, these individuals learned that time had moved much slower on their end, and the people they once knew were either dead or extremely old. Oh, dude, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Difference of time in different spheres. Oh, man. Yes. And furthermore, their stories about an elven world with unicorns was dispelled <laughs> as them being crazy and they were considered insane. <laughs> so, so, Jerry, where have you been all this time? I was abducted by a bunch of elves pretending to be ghouls floating in the sky and they took me to their home world, which has unicorns. And they locked me up for centuries. <laughs> sure. Sure, Jerry. But... You were only there for 10 years, but it was centuries on our, our, in our world. Yes. <laughs> okay. How, how, the hell, how the hell they know Jerry? <laughs> okay. Because he told them his name was Jerry. Okay. And I'm your great, great grandchild. <laughs> he, it, uncle, it was... a, uncle, grandfather. <laughs> why, is, why are you my uncle? <laughs> but it was it was for this reason that uh, the wild hunt's origin and purpose remain hidden to most because they just didn't believe them. Um, and uh, I actually have some uh, like real world mythology about the wild hunt uh, to talk about, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
drop drop us some knowledge toast drop us some knowledge so i got a i got a couple uh sources here so so one of these sources um norsemythology.org um and talk about the the wild hunt which was recorded in folklore all throughout ancient medieval and even early modern europe but was especially concentrated in the germanic lands of northern europe um often or in some places known as the terrifying ride or odin's hunt for the those terrifying with, ride yeah terrifying ride uh-huh. um uh-huh. uh in middle high german it was odin's army um furious inspired army it had a lot of different names um a few of them associated with odin um and essentially they swept through the forest in midwinter coldest darkest part of the year Mm -hmm. uh when ferocious winds and storms howled over the land anyone who found him or herself out of doors at night during this time might spot this closely procession uh and might even be carried away or dropped miles from where they had been taken um others practitioners in various forms of magic would join it voluntarily as an intangible part of them uh a soul uh if you like uh flew with the cavalcade while their body lay in their beds as if sleeping normally (laughs) sometimes members of the hunt entered towns and houses causing havoc and stealing food and drink this is like huh your soul just like leaves you to join this like spectral hunt that sounds fun yeah so uh and there's a lot of different uh according to this there's a lot of different possibilities for the leader of the wild hunt several oh i like i like his names can we try and pronounce these uh okay cool we got let's take turns uh berta berta which is like the same with but it doesn't have an h in it yeah uh holt hole holda Faust, 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 um, Solga, Selga, Selda, Hem, Herla, Berchtold, or Berthold, 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 Berthold. Gosh, a lot of names. Yes, but uh, one of the um, uh, more common figures that was closely associated was odin the god of the dead inspiration ecstatic trance battle frenzy knowledge ruling class and creative and intellectual pursuits in general mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um huh. Huh. <laughs> it's very interesting which one of the things that uh, was actually described and i didn't it didn't put in the notes but sometimes people describe uh the witcher's wild hunt as their horses would sometimes have six legs which i believe um odin his horse has six legs i believe in in the mythology he has like a special horse that has six legs that's too many legs yeah so obviously there's some some real close associations with odin here um and essentially all this leads to the fact that uh, the wild hunt is uh, closely connected with the dead in the underworld. Um, and we're even associated with things such as like dogs and horses, which I'd like to point out uh, what are the two animals that they make the most use of in the Witcher? Because they, they ride their spectral horses and then you get often attacked by the hounds mm-hmm. or the like a hunting hunt. party, like would be mm-hmm. comprised of, people on horseback with dogs yeah right so uh it whew, but it, it all really relates to dead the winter stuff like that mm-hmm. um and this other source that doesn't want me to 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 read things because it's blocking me <laughs> oh weird i can i can open it up uh i can see i can you see it um, i just have a bunch of things that are blocking my text here it's not great oh that's weird uh yeah if, if you make it larger it's like it the website is poorly um, optimized so it overlays i have it make it wide i have it smaller it. because yeah i want to see yeah yeah it says here what is the wild hunt across central western and northern europe the wild hunt is a well-known folk myth of a ghostly leader and his group of hunters and hounds flying through the cold night sky accompanied by the sounds of the howling wind the supernatural hunters are recounted as either the dead elves eh? elves or in some instances fairies 
In the northern tradition, the wild hunt was synonymous with great winter storms or changes of seasons. So, again, associated particularly with changes in season or specifically winter. Yeah. Sorry, I I just saw here that it, it mentioned Odin's horse. Uh, that the, the the specific name uh, Slipnir, um, which I believe is it had six legs. So that's crazy. Yeah, eight legs. Sorry, eight legs instead of four, but multiple legs on the horses was a common theme here. Yeah, so yeah. So there's a there's a lot of stuff in this article. Um, some of the most interesting parts. Uh, it talks about the leader, uh, Odin, also called Woden. That's common in myths. Sometimes there's a W at the beginning. Uh, again, it mentions some of the different names. Um, this is this is interesting here. Regional versions. So clerics in the 12th century Britain reportedly witnessed the wild hunt. They claimed there were 20 to 30 hunters in the party and the hunt continued for nine weeks. Uh, one of the things you noted earlier was that oftentimes the hunt would continue for long periods of time. Uh, mm-hmm. The early reports available of the wild hunt generally represented the participants as diabolical, whereas in later medieval retellings, the hunters became fairies instead. Interesting. He dressed them up all nice. Yeah. The legend's origin, some believe, may be related to the dandy dogs, and that's uh, italicized like a, the name of a book. In the tale, Dando wanted a drink of water, cursed his huntsmen for not having any, and was then offered water by a stranger. The stranger stole Dando's game and Dando himself, causing his dogs to give chase. Another ver- version focuses on King Hurla who had just visited the fairy king. The king was told not to dismount his horse until the greyhound he carried had jumped down first. Three centuries passed, and his men continued to ride as the dog had not jumped down yet. All of these... Have you read, like, um, Grimm's uh, fairy tales? Like, the original versions of, like, I've never Brothers read Grimm? Them, but or- I've heard a lot of them, and I did see that... I can't remember in which article there was mentioned in this that some of these were related to oh it's actually in this article mm-hmm. um grim postulated the story inevitably changed from pre-christian to more modern times so yeah uh, it seemed like there's some inspiration from this in one of one of his tales but i've never read them but i have heard some of them uh and and know like the key differences to some of like the more popular ones yeah so to, like modern so I, I spent a lot of time in libraries like a decade ago when my uh so uh <laughs> went through a divorce and then ended up uh visiting my daughter in the middle of the week because I, I moved to a different town than the one that she and her mother lived lived in and i would in the middle of the week i would always visit and take her out for dinner and then we'd like go to the library and work on her homework and stuff and as she got older she needed less of my help working on her homework but we'd still go to the library so she had time to work on her homework and then we'd go out to dinner and so i had a lot of time in a library and i was like okay well what am i going to do with all this time in a library so i'd always find something to read at the library and one time i was like let's actually go check out the brothers Grimm, and i found a book that contained the original translations of the old old stories not like not like the disney ones like the old original ones and man that stuff is weird like if you want to read some weird crap go find a big old it's like the size of an old tome these there's a bunch of stories and they're super weird and uh they've been pieced together from like a bunch of old manuscripts And some of them don't even make sense because they're pieced together from variations of like folklore and uh, like even the Brothers Grimm themselves, when they put the stories together, piece the stories together from a few different variations of um, like stories that other people told them they weren't written down stories. So the stories like the first half of like the story will make sense in a certain order and then all of a sudden the second half of the story will be completely different and all of a sudden we'll have biblical characters in it <laughs> it just doesn't make sense like what the heck? yeah it's there and they're they're not just all the stories that you think of from like disney tales it's all sorts it's like, of weird I, stuff i know there's like the big ones that i've like heard specifically mm-hmm. like like hansel and gretel right and like the ones that you could name off the top of your head but there's a bunch of them that are things like you'd never think of like the boy in the bucket and his horse you know like just like what is that? I don't know. And, you know, but like a lot of this kind of stuff sounds like, you know, like this idea of like they're still riding because the horse never jumped or the dog never jumped off the horse. Like for some reason in that culture that had significance 
and we're no longer in that culture. So we don't understand that on the level that they do. Um, and like if ever you get a chance and you're just bored, and you want to go listen to or go check out. I'm sure there's probably a podcast where somebody actually talks about these old stories. Um, go check that stuff out because it is super interesting. And a lot of this stuff in The Witcher has its origins in a lot of these kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Super weird, super cool stuff. I know I did. Uh, and I guess it kind of uh, makes, I mean, it even like makes sense more in this situation because I can't. I can't remember exactly where I saw it whenever I was like kind of doing a bit more like looking at other sources and stuff, but I did see mention that like the wild hunt, the leader of the wild hunt has like varied in so many times that even like in some situations it has like biblical characters leading the hunt. Mm -hmm. So like Cain or the devil instead of like Odin or, you know, any of these names that we mentioned before. Right. And it's because it's because there's an oral history to a lot of these stories. And a lot of the stories mm -hmm. go back so far that they started in the culture during pre-Christian times. So it was the, the influences from the original stories were during these like pagan God type stories like Odin, whatever. And at some point, Christianity came into the culture and the stories got passed into some sort of Christian tradition. And so they started inserting Christian myth into that story. So all of a sudden, the characters transformed into these Christian variations. But the people who were telling the stories weren't educated like priests and, and people like that. So they were inserting these Christian characters in ways that didn't always make a lot of sense. So, so a lot of, a lot of it's like super weird, like the way that they insert, like these Christian characters are like really, really strange. Like all of a sudden, like John, the apostle shows up and has a conversation with the devil. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus is there too. And it's like, what, huh? What? Like, how does any of this stuff coincide with anything? It, It doesn't. But they're mm-hmm. figures that represent ideas that kind of match previous characters from the original story. It's it's super yeah. weird. I mean, yeah, and it's really interesting to see on here, like how many, I guess, different like cultures this like the wild hunt is like prevalent in in some ways i mean we talked about like the the norse scandinavian with like odin and stuff uh and mentions in this article in scotland they uh align them to the fairy world so that the uh they believe the wild hunt to be slua or members of the unseelie court um Mm-hmm. And they flew away to capture dying souls. So, and then it even has different uh, ties into like paganism, which is prevalent in The Witcher because there is specifically in the books them celebrating Beltane. So, yes, yeah. it, it's it's interesting to see how many different like variations on the wild hunt it is. And I mean, it, it's obvious to see where like their particular. I guess inspiration comes from because we know that they pull the majority of their stuff from like the Polish Scandinavian, like Eastern folklore. Eastern so, folklore. Yeah. You know, what's mm-hmm. interesting is I, I, I haven't in any of this stuff, um, haven't seen connections to, um, the horsemen of the apocalypse, like speaking about like Christian connections to that, that none of that is actually connected through to that, to this. I, I feel like that probably is like, I feel like that has to be though. Right. Like this, this came like assuming uh, I'm not like a history buff or anything, but this, this is all like prevalent stuff before Christianity was even a thing. Right. So, yeah. Like, I mean, you would have had, you have the spread of Christianity through Europe in a, uh, during, uh, early, like, you know, the early centuries of Roman involvement in Europe. And then, continually through you know the ad eras right but a lot of these mythologies come from even earlier and not every culture especially in some of the more remote parts of europe were necessarily christian and a lot of those cultures held on to their old their old myths their old traditions and mixed them together with with christian beliefs a lot of them ended up with these weird amalgamations of of combinations and things so mm-hmm. um, it's, it's it's very complicated the way that stuff actually came through. Yeah, it's it's I'm not I, I just did a little quick search actually because I was curious. Um, 
it doesn't seem like there's any, uh, at first glance, I'm not finding anything, or maybe I'm just not typing the right terms where they are, but there are definitely some people that have had these thoughts, mm-hmm. a couple like Reddit posts and stuff about how they are, which I mean, it, it definitely makes sense. I mean, in terms of like, they definitely fit the theme of war, at least like the horseman war, because I mean, their whole point was to like, they're conquesting other worlds and yeah. taking the, people like they're, they're waging war on other worlds, essentially right. the, the, and, the coming, the, the, um, the idea that they're foreshadowing strife and mm-hmm. war and, and those kinds of things, they, they that foreshadow like foreshadow disasters and things. So right. like a plague or just death in general, like things that they definitely, can see all of the themes lined up here with it so yeah but uh, these themes are older than the representations of the themes which is another thing i find interesting because the themes came before the representations of the themes Mm -hmm. and those the representations of the themes come about individually in each of the cultures in their own ways and it just happens to be the representation of horsemen um and i think that there's something similar in the horsemen being um, when when you were either going to hunt something or you're going to communicate something at long distance, you did so by horse. Mm-hmm. So it's it makes sense that two remote cultures would have used horsemen as the same symbology for the theme of the idea of warning somebody of something coming. It, it also seems like in multiple cultures, horses have a closer relation to death. Hmm. I saw something about that where yeah, like, I wonder why that is. The horses are, there's the reason why, and it might've just been the Witcher thing where they talked about using them be, horses because they were more closely associated with death. Um, so it's, I wonder if that's a, I wonder if that's like a, a theme or what the reason is for that, for that association. That's interesting. I don't yeah, know. Was, we'll have to, if anybody listening knows, uh, about the roots of uh, the association of horses with death. I don't mm-hmm. know why that is. Oh, well, that, that Google search does not help me. It's just a bunch of horse obituaries. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so. Well, uh, I, we're hitting, we're hitting the end of our knowledge here, but if you guys, if you guys have any more knowledge about any of this stuff, um, the, rather than turning this into Google search, the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. please yeah. let us know, uh, log on to our discord, the robots radio discord. Let us know your thoughts on this. And especially if you have some references and you can be like, actually, here's some really cool information about some more associations on this stuff. We'll, we'll reference some of the stuff that you guys have, uh, that you can share with us, especially if you not just like speculation, if you have some like hard and fast, like, Hey, I, I did some research or especially if you have like an actual background in this kind of thing like if you have a, a degree in you know mythology or like ancient literature or something like that that would be really cool if you can share some knowledge on this we'd love to highlight it on a future episode but uh toasty this has been awesome dude this is this is some really cool stuff i love i love getting back into the lore bits of our podcast where do you think we're gonna go next week Hmm. Hmm. Should we do another monster episode? I mean, these are kind. This is kind of a monster. This seems kind of a lore thing. It's kind of it's just kind a of monster. Thing. Kind of people. Like yeah. kind of a weird mix of both. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We should probably. Uh, you know, we should probably do. I wouldn't classify this as a bestiary episode, even though it is in the bestiary in the Wild Hunt, or not, yeah, in the Witcher Three Wild Hunt, technically. But yeah, right. I think this. I think this doesn't exactly fit. I think this is more like. A, a, a force an entity there's people it's we're talking it, about like an historical stuff it's it's a lot it's a lot of everything all kind of combined together mm-hmm. yeah i guess we'll find out all right we'll, we'll figure out. out if you if you have some thoughts on what we should do next week let us know um Tosi, you got anything going on you want to share before we head out the usual stuff um friends Fiends. Fiends. <laughs> Band of Tamaria wrote a word that looks like friends at first. Friends. You're right. The TV You're show right, Friends man. is the worst That's, monster. That is the worst. That is the worst monster. Um, it's true. Uh, they haunt me, uh-huh. especially the clapping part in the theme song. Yeah, they 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 make each of them make two or twenty million dollars a year 
on reruns friends reruns because yes. they never stop playing it yes and because at some point later later in the the run of the show they all uh got together and negotiated for um like shares of the actual show itself uh because uh what's his face the actor ross uh coordinated with them and convinced them all to do it so during the run of the show they each made a million dollars an episode for like the last two seasons but then they negotiated actual like ownership like part ownership of the show and the show makes more money in um like reruns than it ever did during the actual airing of the show so even today so many people watch that in streaming services and things david schwimmer yeah that's him that they make each star makes about 20 million dollars a year off that show still that's insane that's insane anyway you don't have little known fact yeah like what what else have they done with most of their careers not a whole lot because they're just swimming in money yeah anyway somehow i mean jennifer aniston's done a lot of stuff right yeah some of them are a little bit more into acting and kind of doing stuff but Um, for the most part they don't have they can only do the things they really want to do you know if they feel like doing a thing they'll go do it they don't have to every 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 movie or show that they do now is just a I want to do it's this. It's an I, I want to project. To do yeah, it seems like a good script. It's, I like the I like the director. I guess I'll go do that one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just the the usual stuff. Follow us the Witcher Lorecast on Twitter. Um, nothing much else going on right now. Cool, cool. Yeah, I uh, streamed this morning. Had a lot of fun. A lot of people came by. Played Elden Ring and uh, got my butt kicked, and then I kicked some butts. We did it. How how I want to know how how much have you progressed on? That? I haven't played it. I've bought it. I am. But I've been following a lot. Good. I think I'm a good uh, 20 something to 30 hours in. And I've progressed a significant amount. I think my character is about level 40, maybe 40 ish. And uh, I beat a lot of bosses. I'm getting close to the end game. Uh, I haven't found nearly everything. There's tons of stuff to do in that game. I see, I see I a, a lot, lot of stuff in that game. So you haven't you haven't mm-hmm. fought Melania then? Mm-mm. Nope, nope. Okay. Uh, That's I see. I've been seeing a lot of stuff. That fight, yeah, looks insane. She's nuts. Yeah, I'm she's not, never I'm not known defeat, and for good reason. <laughs> yeah, no, she looks nuts. Uh, no, I'm still I'm still having a good time leveling up and just finding things and fighting stuff. And okay. um, it's one of those games that's fun to take your time on because there's so many fun places to go and explore and you, secrets. You it's, done any fun builds or anything? Uh, my character is a mostly strength, uh, and then I've got a little bit of faith, so I can like throw fireballs and stuff when I need to, and then I've got. A good amount of like health and uh stamina mm-hmm. so i saw a darth maul build that i have to try if i play so, that game <laughs> okay so i tried to go that direction at first and the double blade thing is cool because it does hits really fast the drawback is that it doesn't have a long reach and it also doesn't stagger enemies because it doesn't hit very hard so you can, you can chunk a lot of health off quickly, but if you're not staggering things, then you're not going to keep them from hitting you back. Oh, so it's fair. good against a lot of smaller enemies, but like the big enemies that you really want to get stagger hits on, it just doesn't, it just doesn't knock them around enough. Um, so I switched off from that to like some bigger weapons. That's why I, I actually started with a dexterity build because those weapons are more higher dexterity. And then I, I switched off of it and started going more strength. Um, because I had the same thought. I was like, oh, that looks badass. And then I was using like twin blades with like fire on them and stuff. And I was like, ah, this is cool. And then I started getting my butt kicked and I was like, okay, maybe not. And then I found Wolverine claws. There's freaking Wolverine claws. There's a lot of, there's a lot of weird weapons in these games. There's freaking Wolverine claws. And those were cool, except the same problem. There's not a whole lot of reach, but you can like lunge at stuff. Like you can do like the Wolverine thing where he lunges and crosses his arms and just like that X slash thing. It looks freaking cool um anyway the game is great it is it's one of those games that just playing the game is a lot of fun you know how sometimes you play like these open world games and the reason you keep playing is because you just want to get through it have you ever had that feeling of just like well i'm this far into the game i've i kind of know what the gameplay loop is i'm kind of ready to be done with it so now i just want to finish it you ever feel like that yeah i'm like anytime i'm like hey maybe it'd be fun to jump back into skyrim yeah, yeah, there's always, but yeah, like for, for different people, there's different games that you just kind of feel like, 
I kind of know what the gameplay is going to be like now. I just kind of want to finish it at this point. Like, I never have that feeling with this game after have as many hours as I'm in now. It's more of like, I can't wait to figure out where the next thing is or to see like every dungeon I'm in feels different. Like there's lots of tricks up their sleeve. I never know what's going to go. You find weird enemies everywhere. Anyway, we'll talk about this off off stream, but uh, definitely a game worth checking out. Um, Especially if you like weird monsters and stuff, which is appropriate for a Witcher podcast. Weird monsters, weird locations, all sorts of cool stuff to hunt down and kill. So cool stuff. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. Um, also, Lord of the Rings Lorecast is out there. If you want to go check it out, three episodes in should be available on all of your podcatchers, whatever you're listening to this on. And uh, I'm going to do try and do some more daytime streams whenever I can. So uh, come hang out with me on the Robots Radio channels, uh, streaming on everything, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Looking forward to it. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay safe on the path. See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. I tried to get him to have like the lamp over his head to make it look even more glowing and you white. You can see it though. You, you can't. Can you can. It. You can. The whole room's like blue. But if you put more light on it, it looks more. It looks more impressive. Just trying, fine. just trying to. It's fine. Trying to make it look as cool as I can. It's fine. Just making it look good, man. The majestic locks, the majestic locks of Toasty. Yeah, be honest, I'm, I'm not. Just, there's never going to be another hair dyeing goal for anything ever in my life. I don't give, I don't give a shit. <laughs> not because I hate the hair. I hated the process. The process sucks, dude. Yeah, the process for sure. was so fucking bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's no fun. <laughs> nice, that's fun, Ben. Hey, Rob, look at that guy over there. That way, recording more tomorrow. Cool. I just, I just hate, I just hate. Yeah, my mom, my mom used to do nails for a living. So she, uh, she worked at a uh, a hair and nail salon very close to my high school. So my friends and I would walk over and uh borrow the car and we have to walk through the salon as high schoolers in the you know early and mid 90s with our like cool grunge looks and our long hair and stuff <laughs> and all the ladies in the salon would always you know ch- check out what we were doing and so i got i got to you know see all the hair stuff and i probably am gonna keep the facial hair because it's darker they had to make it darker because my hair got to the point where it was just like it wouldn't go any any more lighter like like it wouldn't mm-hmm. so they had to go a little bit darker because it wasn't as light as they needed it to be so untoasted i'm not untoasted mm-hmm. it's not true mm-hmm. at all have you worn it to work yet yes i have I they, wear it to work the next day yeah what, what they what they say they were very shocked uh-huh but like i kind of had told them so they weren't like too shocked mm-hmm. <clears throat> which i just started at a new fucking place so it's like <laughs> they were like who's this weirdo yeah it was like been there for like uh f- five days four days i'd mm-hmm. worked there four days and then it was perfect. like bam perfect different hair perfect. so no no so this is i went there at 1 30 right 1 mm-hmm. this past saturday um and i didn't leave that place until seven but you know what the real funny part was real funny part is that this place closes at five on saturdays i was there for two hours you made them stay late oh no there was three of them working on my hair after 506 when the last customer left oh no (laughs) they were like just that shit was crazy that's cray cray 
that's and so they cray mad, but like god and it's expensive i'm not like that that alone the money alone is reason yeah. enough not to do that shit because yeah. like yeah <laughs> i it was it was it was fucking it was 266 dollars uh-huh yeah i gave them 350 because like you're supposed to tip them pretty well and there was like three ladies that worked on my fucking hair so it was like i mean i gotta give like the other two a little bit of something oh you know oh man well hopefully our patrons stick around for a few months (laughs) hopefully that'd be appreciated yes oh man i mean fuck i'd rather go get a tattoo honestly i'd rather go get a tattoo yeah yeah i'd rather go get like seven tattoos than this yeah 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 that's true hey at least it was fun did you ever get your fallout tattoo i never did i never came up with the design that i wanted i'm still happy to go to well first of all first of all by the time it hit the goal the pandemic hit and then i wasn't going to go to a tattoo parlor during the pandemic uh, but then second, I've, I've looked and looked and looked and I haven't found a design that I really like. So I just haven't. And I've asked around for people to help me find things and I just ha- I haven't found a lot. Well, I haven't gotten a lot of help with it, to be honest. But I also just haven't found a design that I really want. Um, but I need to I need to get one. So they, they they were the new project. I was the new project. I mean, mm-hmm. like they, the, the, the lady that I got was so excited because like i had never done anything with my hair ever yeah yeah like, it's a transformation we're good oh right. my god i'm so excited right i to be honest like that was that was a little painful because uh-huh. she was a personality type that i just did not mesh well with and then you had to deal with small talk for for hours, hours. small yeah. talk that's for like an entire part. afternoon oh yeah. that's so fun I, that's one of the reasons why i just don't like going to like <laughs> salons and sucks being an introvert and having to like it's no fun in public small talk small talk is the worst honestly it'd be easier for me to get a test i don't mind so like i don't know i don't give a shit i have a tattoo so like i don't care right i'll get other one i have other tattoos that i want to get right so like this is not a problem for me to get a tattoo honestly yeah all right well hey you want to start the show (laughs) No, I want to bitch about my head. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we can start. I might, I might, I might leave this in the episode so everyone can hear the back, the background story. I'm gonna yeah, put this at the ahead, end. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> go watch. Go look at the YouTube video if you're not at the live show, just so you can see it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll put this in at the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome. All I right, triggered the small talk with strangers hate. There we go. Bam. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not a she fan of that not, either. She was super nice. But oh yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm just oh yeah, I just don't like people. Yeah, I, no, I'm I'm in the same boat. I, I'm in the same boat. Sometimes uh, sometimes people are just like the nicest people. They're like totally awesome people. But I'm just like I'm just really not into small talk. Please, can we yeah, just not? I, can we just not? Uh, after yeah. a little bit, I was like. I realized I could get away with having an earphone in. So I was just like, so I, I like put in my earphone and just listening to like critical role campaign ones. <laughs> oh, nice. There you go. There you go. 